Carnivorous couch It happens once a week It swallows us for two hours When we try to sleep It forces us to watch a film About which we then speak Carnivorous couch With Brady and Rob well timed hey everybody hey everybody hey everybody welcome to another episode of carnivorous couch the spoiler full podcast where we do a film a week from two film geeks i am rob and we have here hi i'm brady very nice very nice yeah we did time that that little pop top right uh sounded like one. It's a good omen. And we both got bubble waters here. We've got bubble waters. No drinking. <laughs> this is a professional production. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you want to hear all about that, check out some of our <laughs> bonus material that's somewhere back in the feed. <laughs> oh, yes. Go, go listen to me torture Rob with soundtracks. Uh. At any rate, uh, this week we did Shoot 'em Up. Which is from... Shoot Oh, what year is it from? Shoot 2007. It is from 2007. Yeah. And as all many, many, many great movies from 2007, this is one of them, right, Brady? <laughs> it somehow got lost in the shuffle. I mean, there are just so many good movies. That was the, There Will Be Blood and... Uh, oh, yeah. No Country for Old Men. And, oh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm evangelical about that year. And we've covered a lot of movies from that year. Uh... Right? In the well, last there will year, be blood. we did with Cayenne. It's back in the feed if anybody wants to hear it. No Country so, for Old so Men, Michael Clayton, Ratatouille. Exactly. And this belongs in the annals with them all. And this is right there, <laughs> right in the hunt. Ah, so, yes, this uh, film was written and directed by Michael Davis, uh, who also did uh, Crank and the sequel to Crank and uh, Double Dragon. And those actually. I think predate this. He did an American um, Pie-esque uh, sex comedy set in college called 100 Girls, which I have seen. But most of those were um, written by him. I don't think directed by him. No, he directed 100 Girls, didn't oh, he? Yeah, yeah, he probably did direct uh, 100 di Girls. girls. Uh, and then um, I think there's a sequel to that called 100 More Girls or something I think like it's that. 100 Women. Ah, there you go. Well, at any rate... Um, as always, as always, as always, we do the spoiler full podcast, and we start this with the plot synopsis. Tell well, them about it. Well, so there's a, a pregnant lady running down the street, and a man chasing her, he's going to kill her. He's obviously... Uh, oh, no. A bad fella. That's bad. Yeah. And uh, there's... Um, there's Clive Owen sitting on a bench, kind of watching all this happen. And one of the things I like uh, about the choices filmmaker took mm -hmm. uh, during the scene was yeah. to almost put like a freeze frame on Clive Owen and we just hear what's going on while Clive Owen's just sitting there calmly <laughs> on the bench. Wait, are you referring to when the movie froze? <laughs> oh wait, no, that was just when we were watching it. We had a bad file. Uh, but I mean, then, then a little bit later, like we do see some more action and then like, you know, it's just him standing at the chain link fence kind of observing what's going on as well. But I'll just, you know, it was a very interesting choice to, you know, make this. A sidebar, that reminds me of a time when that, an error happened in a screening and it actually worked really well, which is uh, I was watching Mad Max Fury Road with my <laughs> father-in-law 
And the sound cut out in the middle of that scene where like he's wrestling with Charlize Theron and she's like shooting the sand near his head. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. This works really well as a silent movie for a second. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And it was totally on purpose by uh, Mel Gibson who was directing that, right? Oh, yeah. Wait. <laughs> Everything Mel Gibson does on purpose always works well. Well, who, who directs? Um, George Miller. George Miller. But, uh, oh, wait, that's right. Uh, Mel Gibson was just in the original Mad Max movies. He didn't start directing until later. Correct. He okay. is the first Mad Max. Okay. Well, I'm going to have you talk a little bit about... Uh, What's happening with the lady who's who's being chased and and this and that and all? All I I just gotta pat you down a little bit. Oh, okay. Yes. Um. So yes, he's chasing the lady and then he doesn't sit there calmly on the bench while this is all going. He goes, oh, I gotta see what's going on. This seems. What the hell's going on? <laughs> exactly. And then what happens? Um. Does she get killed instantly? Yeah. Um, no. No. He, no. No. He's, he he's kills, like talking to her and stuff. He yeah. kills the guy who's trying to kill her, the pregnant woman. Um, he kills him with a carrot. This movie loves carrots. Uh, I'd say ninety percent of the history of films, carrot jokes are in this movie. So, if you've been lusting for them. Watch this movie. Well, no, and, th and that's one of the main opening things about it is that um, in the very first altercation, yes, he punches a carrot through the guy's eye socket out the back of his head, which is letting us know right away that this movie is going to be ultra-violent. Cue Gene Shalit reviewing it saying, this is a 24-carat gem. <laughs> <laughs> well put. So at any rate... Um, Yes, he uh, he rescues the lady. Um, what does he do? He jams it through his throat, right? And just like well, it comes out a, the back of his head. Carrot tracheotomy. Yes, what, whatever it is, the carrot comes out the back of his head. It's it's ultra violent. It lets us know from the get go that this film is going to be ultra violent. Uh, it's very much you know what we would like to be watching when we're uh, twelve yes, to fourteen I, year old boys. Oh boy, we will get to that. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, yes, I did find this movie called Shoot 'em Up to be quite violent. Yes. Um, so but, but uh, he carries her around and stuff and so forth and so on and he thinks he's gonna save her. Um, meanwhile he's got her over his shoulder and he's shooting all these guys who are coming after her while she's giving birth and he delivers the baby uh, and then he cuts the umbilical cord by shooting it with a gun. And Cheeky monkey. Now he's going to set her free after killing everybody, uh, but then he realizes that there's a, there's a yeah, bullet right directly in her, her, her brain. So, uh, and he says, oh, yeah, there's your problem. No, I'm kidding. I'm not quite sure what he says. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, just, he just mutters. <laughs> uh, there's no cord. <laughs> Labor really does hurt like death. <laughs> yes, I'd love to see the blooper reel. <laughs> so, um, yes, then he takes the baby and he gets away. And um, we are introduced to uh, Paul Giamatti, who comes up and is basically pissed at all his, his friends. And, I mean, they, they let us know right away that he's just kind of like, shooting the people who fucked up in the ass. 
Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, um, he doesn't give a fuck about anybody, like, um, so he forth is, and so on. He is on. a big bad. In, in fact, I think him and Clive Owen face off at one point, and Clive Owen's got the gun trained on him. I'm like, you know, they could just end this movie right now. He could just shoot him. But he can't. Yeah, why can't he? Because they're special guns that special. Uh, you have to have your fingerprint on them. And all the men are carrying one, and as is uh, Paul, Paul Giamatti. So he can't shoot him with Paul Giamatti's gun because safety feature. Safety feature. Yes. Um, so then he takes baby and he's like, okay, I've gotten away and blah, 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 um, involved in all this. I will leave the baby at a playground. And somebody will pick up the baby. Seems I, legit. I mean, it sucks, but you know, like this really isn't my responsibility. And at least I've saved a baby and cut the umbilical cord with a gun <laughs> bullet. Um, so, uh, of course, Paul Giamatti is still tracking him and finds him at the playground and is going to shoot the baby. So, of course, he shoots the playground uh, round merry-go-round that uh, that the baby is on, so that he can't make that shot and scoops up the baby and then heads on to uh, one of his favorite people, uh, the, the lactating hooker. <laughs> one of my favorite people. <laughs> well, I mean, he's obviously seen her before. Her whole thing is that she is a prostitute, but um, her clients are men who like to drink breast milk. So she has they many bottles of breast are. milk lined up on, on a bar and, uh, you know, so he tears through, through the house, goes up to her. Uh, the guy who's there drinking her breast milk mm-hmm. off of her breasts, you know, mm-hmm. like you do. Yeah. Um, also, you know, so like the opening thing with the carrot going out the, the back of the head, uh, we just walked through this house full of TNA. Again, one of our favorite things is 12 to 14 year old boys, which Brady and I both currently are. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I was when the movie so started. Yes, lots of lots of tits, lots of ass, lots of lots of hot women as he walks through the thing. He he, he grabs the guy who's a current client and throws throws him off and says, "Look, you take care of this baby." Um, wow, I'm trying to do a British accent and actually doing a good Australian one. Um, okay. Well, I mean, normally what happens is you try to do an Australian accent and then. Forget the comedian, but you, you know, people go, "Hello, governor," uh, like you know, and uh, Australians are always like, "And what century are you from, young squire?" <laughs> or they tell uh-huh. Australian, "What century are you from, from young squire?" Um, at any rate, uh, he goes, "I want you to take care of this baby. This is five thousand dollars. You can keep the whole roll. I need you to take care of him for a couple of days." Uh, and she's like, "No." You just sounded Scottish a little bit. A couple of days. <laughs> Just a couple of days. Um, so at any rate, he um, leaves with the baby. And Paul Giamatti's hot on his trail. Goes to... Uh, I'm G- hot uh, on your trail. I'm Paul Ooh, that's Giamatti. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so, um, so yes, he's going to find me every wet nurse and lactating hooker in the city. And uh, he finds her. And he says, Who? okay, we know he was here. And she's just like, I don't know his name. His name is... Smith and stuff, but he's nearby and he goes, ah, oh, fuck, they've tracked her down. Okay, and then he goes in and shoots everybody up and kills everybody and takes her and the baby away to his house, which he opens with a special rat uh, that uh, takes a treat, goes through a contraption, opens the door. That's his key, a rat. Um, his key is a rat. Why? And that's just, just, because why not? 
Yeah. Why not have your key be bunnies, a rat? Bunnies and rats get together just fine. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure they do. Now, as we go through this, the whole thing is kind of uh, judging us... Um, judging us <laughs> leading us always towards judging. this idea that he's constantly eating carrots because the beta carotene makes his eyesight good and that's why he's such a crack shot with a gun mm -hmm. um and so he's bugs bunny basically and uh yes. paul giamatti's character is elmer fudd uh this is at one point telegraphed while they're driving around getting rid of the uh the mom's body and so forth and so on um, his phone rings and it's da 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 right of the Valkyries. But as we all know from Looney Tunes, kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit, get him now. Yes. yes. Even though, may I say, I don't find Giamatti's character very FUD-like. Because if he was FUD-like, I don't think this movie would work. Well, when we talk more, I'll bring up more examples that I've boxed in boxes here. How you make little attention boxes? Yes, yes. I talk about my boxes every episode, Brady. <laughs> Acting like this is a new thing. Do you? Oh. Well, well that's neat. <laughs> <laughs> Brady's like, I actually don't listen to a thing Rob says on the podcast. I just wait for my turn to speak. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got my script already written out. <laughs> I say the same thing no matter what Rob says. <laughs> it shows. Um... <laughs> Um, so, at any rate, uh, they go to his place. He figures out by watching the news that none of this shooting up the entire city is on the news. Something must be going on. This must be connected to a thing. Let's try to figure out where the baby's from. Hey, look, the baby likes heavy metal. I bet you he grew look up above a heavy metal club. I bet you he did. So they find a heavy metal club, and sure enough, there's a bunch of dead mamas up there that's fucked up and a uh, mr. number one guy walking around uh, obviously very governmental he has the earpiece and he's on the cellular phone talking to uh, the big guy <laughs> um, big bad Paul Giamatti. <laughs> no, he's, he's not talking to Paul Giamatti he's talking oh, to somebody oh, right. else right yeah uh, who's obviously above the Paul Giamatti sort of situation <laughs> <laughs> he's just a you think you're better than being Paul Giamatti? <laughs> you so think you're better than me? Oh yeah, yours is pretty good too. Trying, I'm trying. And we're doing it without having to say what the fuck. I'm very proud of this. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, so um, I'm trying to whip through this plot synopsis as fast as possible. We almost had it down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were doing very well, very well. So at this point, he takes her and he puts her in like a tank uh, that's like on display. Cause he's like, you're, you're, you'll be safe in the tank. You hang out in the tank with the baby and then you like take this road trip on this tour yeah. bus and you're you get off somewhere. Don't tell me where it's best if I don't know. I'm going to go after this Paul Giamatti fuck who is, oh, There's part of the, this. The fight club yeah. thing. He's at the, the, the Hammersmith uh, Corporation. The, the putting on the bus and not knowing where it's going, that is. Yes. Um, so yes, the Hammersmith Corporation. You can jump in anytime if you want to take over the plots. <laughs> um, I'm not trying to, to so, stampede you. So I, um, there's definitely some kind of a gunfight at the gun factory. Yes, and he sets up booby traps to help him escape. Yeah, no, he does a very good job. He's, he's he does a good very, job. 
Very well trained. At one point, uh, yeah, Paul Giamatti says, my God, do we really suck or is this guy really that good? <laughs> He's very good. He's very good. I'm Paul Giamatti. Oh, did we say when he, he also tortures the woman with his gun? Oh, that's true. Um, that's earlier. But yeah, but he he comes in and rescues her. He uses the hot gun. Yeah. He fires a bullet and then he goes. Oh yeah, he uses the muzzle to, to burn her. And yeah, um, and just another thing, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, how Paul Giamatti doesn't like women, uh, is uh, just really interested in being sadistic, obviously very bad, and Clive Owen is obviously very good, has a conscience way past the point of uh, reasonable consciousness, and, you know, it's, he's just so good. He's um, so good. Yeah, and then, I, this is, of course, highlighting the tropes of most shoot-em-up movies, where it's like, uh, the, the hero never gets hit by the bullets, the bad guys always suck at shooting and fire endless rounds, and the good guys always very, very, very good, and the bad guys always very, very, very bad. Mm -hmm. And it's doing it all with tongue firmly planted in cheek. Yes. So, yes. Um, let's finish up the plot synopsis. Though. So then, let me see, she's in a tank and she goes away somewhere. He has the fight of the Hammersmith Corporation. He figures out the governmental connection. He goes and calls the governmental connection and gets on an airplane with uh, the governor who's kind of running all this stuff. Um, Bone marrow. The president yes. is harvesting babies. Or, or the governor needs bone marrow. The governor needs, yeah. So that was what the whole, yeah. Go ahead. And so he's, he's uh, got a farm. He's farming bone marrow appropriate babies so that he can have the marrow. Yes, uh, because uh, they've all been inseminated with his with sperm. With his type. With his sperm, so then he can get the bone marrow from them. Yeah. Um, so, yes, they took all the babies in utero and were gonna take their bone marrow or something. This one lady escaped, that's the baby, and by its evidence, so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. And then, he convinces the, gov uh, the governor, like, hey, you don't need these Hammersmith corporations. Let me shoot you in the head. You will have been assassinated, and then all your anti-gun uh, uh, laws will pass because everybody will be sympathetic to you, and it'll just be the timing will be perfect. So he does that. Um, <laughs> Except, well, th we find out that the president is not really true to his word. He's actually, like, in bed with the gun manufacturer, and so he's, like... He's saying he wants gun control, but for the money, he's like actually partnering with the people he's proposing to regulate. Right, but he recognizes that he's been super shitty, and now he's like, okay, maybe... Well, no, I, I think the reason that he is conspiring against the things that he's written is because he has to, because the gun company is setting up the bone marrow thing so he doesn't die. Um... He's made a devil's deal with the gun company to set up this whole situation so that he can get bone marrow so that he doesn't die. And because of that, he has to do their bidding. I guess so. It's all very convoluted. It all gets tied up in a nice little package by the end, and it makes complete and perfect sense. <laughs> yes. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see more of these conspiracies happening in real life. Yes. And then so after shooting the governor in the head, he jumps out the airplane and we get a skydiving scene, which uh, 
Uh, it could have been better uh, effects-wise. Yeah, it um, looks, looks a little dated. Because what are they doing? Are they doing like a lot of projection-y kind of Yeah, they're doing stuff. a lot of... Occasionally well, you get a real yeah, guy. Yeah, there was obviously a real jump that was done, and you get a little intersplicing of that, but a lot of yeah. it's blue screen that's not very good. Mission Impossible Fallout, it is not. Which, which also um, kind of lends itself to the movie. It almost seems on purpose because it's like, yeah, okay, super cheesy effects, blah, 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 I'll shoot them up. Yeah, sure, you can, you can make the argument. Yes, again, tongue firmly planted in cheek. And also a saver on the budget. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's how to save money being ironic. <laughs> a tome. So, yes, um, then he escapes, but he gets captured by Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti this still... This time you're, you don't have your gun. Still torturing him. Uh, now, at this point, like, the whole plot is over, the, the, the governor's dead, but there's no breaks real... breaks his fingies! There's no real reason anymore, but again, Paul Giamatti's character, who we don't know his name, I just call him Fudd, um, <laughs> is very, very bad, um, because he must be, and uh, Clive Owen's character is very, very good. So, um, yes, he breaks his fingers, so now he can't shoot things, but he slots some... Uh, he escapes before they slice into his eyes and slots some bullets in between his fingers and holds them Slicing up to the up fire. Eyeballs. And then the fire uh, ignites the bullets, and then they shoot him. You shot me. And then he goes and finds the lactating hooker. Um, meanwhile, they've developed a romantic relationship before he put her in the... Uh, I mean, they did. Have, there was one scene where uh, they were fucking and shooting they they and shooting a, all the people, and a then fornicating gunfight. Yes, and they finish it at the same time. And he says, "Talk about shooting your load." Um, <laughs> it seems like a move, uh, a scene that should be in Crank. <laughs> I think there is a scene like that in Crank. Uh, he definitely has sex in Crank to keep his heart rate up. I yes. know that. Um, at any rate, um, yeah. <laughs> Now I have to say, uh, not in Clive Owen's voice, but in Jason Statham's voice, right? Um, <laughs> it's, talking about shooting your head, you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you, you knew what I mean, uh, right? Jason Statham says those words faster than anybody. Do you know what I mean? Boy, <laughs> are you a gangster? At any rate, um, yes, so he kills Paul Giamatti that way. He goes and finds her somewhere along the bus route. It's been some time. Some um, desert route She has got a job town. as a waitress, um, and his hands are bandaged up, uh, and he's gotten some medical treatment. So he finds her, and uh, then some crackheads come in and are going to rob the place where she's working. So he uses a carrot, once again, carrots, Bugs Bunny, um, to shoot the bad guys, and then... And they get out of there and theoretically live happily ever after. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it ends on like a little winky winky. Like, what is he? He points the gun at the screen to shoot us. Yes. I, I mean, I skipped the whole romantic thing where when they're at his house, she talks about like, hey, I was pissed that you came and wanted me to take care of this kid because obviously I lost my child because I am still lactating because I keep it up with my clients. But yeah. Uh, I don't have a child, and it's uh, this thing happened. My pimp punched me in the stomach, and it killed my child. And uh, so, it's for you to be like, here, take care of this child thing, blah blah blah. It seems like a, a gimmick that wouldn't have a lot of longevity to it. Like, well, like, <laughs> how's she gonna keep lactating? 
Uh, well, because the guys come by and drink her breast milk all the time. Yeah, but then eventually, like, she's lactating because of the baby she lost. Well, no, no, okay. Maybe I don't understand biology entirely well, but my understanding with this was uh, the, the women lactate, start lactating when baby have. Yeah. And then as long as baby's still drinking the milk and the, the uh, breast milk is being exercised, uh, that they keep doing that. Oh, in fact, okay. that like even with men, to some extent, you could make them lactate by constantly by practice doing that. Yeah, you just have to practice at it. You can get good at good at it. Yeah, like uh, people, like a, a certain percentage of men can lactate. All women can lactate. Women can lactate without having been pregnant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I believe. Sounds I, I could legit. be wrong. I'm no doctor. <laughs> no, I just don't know. I'm just a guy who watched Shoot 'em Up, so therefore I know about lactating hookers. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, so that's friend, a plus synopsis. Friend? I got it done. I got it done. I got it done in 26 minutes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Hey, Brady. Uh, after we do say? the plot synopsis, we do, we do the, the thing, right? Are you going to ask me a question? Yeah. This one. Could you sing hey, it to me? Hey, 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 how do we like it? How do you like this movie, Brady? Um, can I say that I don't? I don't like this movie. Um, and I'm sorry. That's the first time I've heard you be just so, like, uh, flat with it. Like, I don't like I it. I don't like it. I don't. Uh, <laughs> you can't make me <laughs> like it. No, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't like this movie because, um... This movie is a friggin' uh, the way I put it to test is this is Boondock Saints fans six nines favorite movie of two thousand seven. Um, it, it is so for like the dumbest fifteen year old boys. Um, I, I also think I compared it at the time of our watching it to a surge commercial, and all of this <laughs> but- I'm sure you will get into is uh, perhaps feature, not bug. Uh, it's all built into it because this is the kind of winky movie that like is kind of built with its own defense in it. Like, well, this is what these movies well, are like. Also, I remember being that stupid 12 to 14 year old boy and liking movies like this. Like I loved John Woo. I loved Broken Arrow. I loved Face Off. I, like, See, I was always a pretentious little shit, so I never liked Broken Arrow. I'm more. Well, I didn't like Broken. I never really saw Broken Arrow, but I thought I think Broken Arrow is kind of dumb. But because um, I love John Woo, I, lo- I love a good John. Oh, Woo. good. How do you actually feel about Face Off? I mean, we did it on the cast. I love it, just like on the cast. I... Okay, so you like Face Off, but you don't like this? No, because Face Off is really, really good. <laughs> um, and here, and here's the thing. We'll get into this, but. No, I guess let's get into this now, because this will be like <laughs> kind like, of my thesis. You're like, I was going to talk to you about this later, Rob, when uh, you didn't have a stressful work day in front of you, but let's <laughs> talk about it now. Let's talk about it now. We're not going to let this <laughs> oh, fester. Shit, are we breaking up? <laughs> I'm, I'm breaking up with shoot 'em up <laughs> And I'm going to get a restraining order against it. Um, the thing about this movie and why a John Woo movie is so much better is... John Woo movies are not on their face trying to be winky, but they are f- kind of funny in their way. 
And it does it like in that sincere kind of Paul Verhoeven way where it's like, we're just going to go like so over the top that like there is a humor to that. Uh, the problem with this movie, it's its fatal problem, I think. It's not funny. I didn't find it funny. And like, because uh, it's clearly oh, what it's come trying on. What to about be. like when they, they shoot out the thing so it says, fuck you. That, and, I thought that was so dumb. And, and, and then, <laughs> then they shoot out the other thing so it says, fuck you too. <laughs> It's like the most 15-year-old gesture of the whole thing. <laughs> fuck you! Fuck you! What the fuck? <laughs> no, yeah, the, the problem is... I... A, I think this is less a funny send-up, despite its constant reminders to me that it's being tongue-in-cheek and that it is a send-up of dumb, like, hyper-masculine action movies. The problem is, I think it just is one. Um, and no amount of saying, well, we're just making fun of the thing, can can quite uh, convince me that this is not just the thing, that it is claiming to parody. Well, I mean, it is exactly the thing that it is claiming to parody. It's just justifying why it's that way. Uh, yeah, I guess, see, and maybe I prefer it without the justification. Because uh, I don't think you need to justify it. But, see, but the problem is that unlike a John Woo movie, um, I'm not going to like go so far as to call this problematic, but the difference between this and a John Woo is that this has that kind of like puerile, juvenile, like meanness of a 15-year-old. Sorry, 15-year-olds, I'm coming for you. <laughs> um, but, you know, it has that, like, very juvenile, like, Maxim magazine quality to it of just, like, yeah, look at all the tits, and, like, it's, it, and it thinks it's very funny, but the jokes are, like, kind of, kind of just, like, can be a little gross, I guess. Yeah, but then you get to look at tits. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that is what this movie is in its, in its soul, and if anything, maybe I'm calling it hypocritical a little bit to constantly be like no no like this is just like like elbow in the ribs like we're like making fun of this and it's like no I think you just like are this honestly it, and it gave me the same feeling of did you see the movie Wanted with yes James? it felt like that and I hated that movie I hate Wanted with James McAvoy Angelina Jolie well Julie. I saw it and was just like yeah it was, this was stupid but uh, wait is that actually Angelina Jolie in that yeah, she's in Okay, there. for some reason I thought it was somebody who looked a lot like Angelina Jolie, but wasn't. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I suppose there are, there are people who look like other people. This is the one where, like, he hits his boss in the face with the keyboard in the opening scene, right? Yeah, okay. um, his female boss, who, who he is hates. Is it a female boss? Yeah, she's, like, redheaded. I think so. Oh, no, for sure about the boss, and I think he probably... Fantasizes about like I thought he hit, I thought he like hit a man with the keyboard, but um, and like knocked his teeth. Then out that and could stuff. be a different movie, but you know he. Has, I don't like, know many movies where like the keyboard <laughs> thing. And I it's I've only seen it the once back in two thousand eight or whatever. So I I think we saw remember. it together actually. No, I saw it in uh, USC. Okay. Um, I saw it in a theater. It's probably the one alone. where you can make the bullets go like in circles. <laughs> yeah, the curved, curved, curved bullets. Bullets yeah. and Morgan Freeman. I like Morgan Freeman, <laughs> not in that movie. Um, yeah, no, it just because it kind of has that like uh, misogynistic, just like <laughs> like quality to it. Yeah, no, it's totally that. It's just it's justifying why it's being that. That's all. 
Uh, yeah, it, and also I don't think the action's that good. Like to really, this the movie needed to do two things to like be what it claims to want to be. It needed better jokes because I don't, I didn't laugh at this movie. Like, what's the funniest thing that happens? The the most fun I had was. I just mean, the like, carrot and what's up, Doc? I like that. It's fine. It's like it's a that's like a thoughtful idea that maybe works better in theory than it does here in practice for me. Um, no, I mean, like, like, that's cool. Like, the one-liners, like, if you're going to make a movie parodying dumb action movies, that's the place to start. I do agree there. Uh, but the most fun I had was just, like, Giamatti, like, you know, basically pulling the Alan Rickman in Robin Hood Prince of Thieves card, which is like, <laughs> this movie is bad. I know it's bad. I'm just going to try to eat it alive like a boa constrictor. And that doesn't make his performance good, but it is the most fun thing, is him just, like, going so, so big. Uh, but, you know, I give it a C plus. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, I like this movie, but I was also going to give it a C plus. <laughs> I don't loathe it, but I'm just, like, I'm just, like, a little weary of it. Um, I mean... I understand all the points that you're saying. Uh, I like the idea of doing it uh, sort of like tongue firmly planted in cheek. Yes, we're doing all the things that action movies do and we're telegraphing them and saying, yes, we're doing this. Yes, we're doing this. Um, because that to me is more honest than most action movies where it's saying like, no, no, it's a hero's tale and a bad, bad, man. Um, <laughs> so, you know, um, I, I mean, I guess the idea, I guess the difference might be between you and me is like, uh, people who are critics of these kind of movies might often say they shouldn't exist. Um, and I'm like, no, they should exist. That like, I think there needs to be that outlet for 12 to 15 year old boys and that they just need to go through that phase. I feel like I needed to play Mortal Kombat against my sister and, and do the Sub-Zero fatality sure. and tear her head off with the, the thing. I think that's a healthy outlet for the kind of angst that, that uh, uh, like the, you know, societal, shit, how do you say this nowadays? The societal, um, typical male testosterone-y blah, blah, blah thing. Uh, I hear that. Like, I, th I think there needs to be this outlet and it needs to just be there. And I'd rather that uh, they had these movies to sneak into before you're 17 uh, than go do what you, you know, experiment on squirrels or some yeah. shit. No, like, <laughs> I want kids to have the, these kinds of movies. My only question is, can, and like, obviously they're going to exist. Uh, but like, can we have this kind of movie with like, 50% less limp biscuity energy. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, that's just, that is the energy of the 12 to 15 year old, like, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like males crafted by society and, and the influence of things that are right. available. And they're always like, like wanted especially, they're always about like emasculation and shit. Yeah. Like, my boss is a woman and she cocked me. <laughs> my dick, my balls, my, my dick, farts. My, balls. <laughs> my boss is fat and she's eating a donut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand like the whole mean-spirited thing, but you know. This movie has less of it, but but it like has the flavor. 
Yeah, I mean, but it's also like when you're 12 to 15, <laughs> you are mean spirited. I don't care if if you're you know male, female, uh, man, woman, otherwise. Yeah, it can be a bit of a, a mean like, age. Look, they're just all a they're they're all a holes. <laughs> like, <laughs> give them their movie. Yeah, <laughs> which I I'm okay. Have it. You you guys have it. No, no, but here I've got a question for you. I'm sorry. This is your grading segment, so maybe I'll ask it when you're done. I'm done. But um, <laughs> for this movie to play better as like parody, uh, I've already mentioned that I, I think the humor could be better because I didn't find this like laugh out loud ever. But also like some of its serious beats, I'm like, maybe you shouldn't have had like the miscarriage plot where like you're playing it very sincerely or you should have had like a version of that that's like much like funnier like and how like over the top it is and, and the same way I feel about the conspiracy beat where it's like this just seems now that you're like making like a serious like dumb conspiracy action movie like because there's no like wink or joke in the way either of those plots are handled I don't think no I think it's just being over the top about like this guy is is the incredibly up, utmost good you know he doesn't like inconsiderate people he doesn't like hypocrites he doesn't like but about, but he can still participate in in all the but I mean just like what I'm saying is like doesn't that like in those moments it doesn't feel at all like a send up of anything it feels like oh okay now we're getting into like plot business like I don't know it's it's the movie's choice but like I felt like I don't know maybe it needed to be more arch or something because it's like telling me it's arch but then the way it like actually plays out I'm like it's not that arch fair enough fair enough well I don't see how you're so down on it and you gave it a C plus and I'm I'm like eh, this was enjoyable blah 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 but I mean like I, <laughs> well if you enjoyed well, is, it you'd think you'd give it you know over that B minus line is for like good things you enjoy yeah but you know you know me I don't rate uh, based on how I feel about the movie, like I, I like some bad movies that oh, I, sure. they're like I'm rating the movie. Sure, um, sure. I think it was put together at about a C plus. Yes, um, and I would agree. Uh, I think I don't think this guy is like a great action director, and maybe we're spoiled lately. Like we're getting a lot of really smart action cinema, and so we're having conversations a lot these days about like. What makes action cinema good? Like knowing spatially what's going on, you know, kind of being creative with your camera movement. And like, I don't think this is like a great looking movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a little. I mean, also those freeze frames. On... Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie is about a man eating a carrot. <laughs> okay. So Imagining a gunfight in his head. That sorts that stuff. Um. Uh, should we run away and do understudy and then come back and talk about it a little bit more things? I would like Ma that. Maybe in the meantime, while we're doing understudy, you could, you could think about just some nice things to say. And I, think, I, I think I can do that. <laughs> well, I mean, like, this podcast would have a I hard think, time. If I think I can think about a few nice things, her, her tits. I mean, if, if, if we did this podcast based on the idea of, like, don't say anything unless you have nice things to say, there are certain movies that it would just be dead air. Um, yeah, the, the page master 
would be like a, an experimental <laughs> podcast. That's the one I was trying to tell Audrey she should listen to today, the Page Master. Okay. Um, do you want to be the first person or the second person in this here scene? Uh, up to you. Your choice. I'll be the first person. Party of the first part. All right, here we go. We're so sorry we couldn't get the actors to do the scene from this screenplay, but we've got two understudies, and to be honest, they're probably more famous anyway. So try to catch the actors, try to guess the movies. Tweet us at C A R N Y Couch. This game called Understudy is happening, happening, happening right now. Are you dressed? Cause you thought I might hit you? Who do you think I am? I've been hit before. Not by me. Is he a good fuck? Don't do this. Just answer the question. Is he good? Yes. Better than me? Different. Better? Gentler. What does that mean? You know what it means. Tell me. No. I treat you like a whore. Sometimes. Why would that be? I'm sorry, you're... Uh... Don't say it. Don't you fucking say, you're too good for me. I am, but don't say it. You're making the mistake of your life. You are leaving me because you believe that you don't deserve happiness. But you do, Anna. Did you have a bath because you had sex with him so you wouldn't smell of him? So you'd feel less guilty? How do you feel? Guilty. Did you ever love me? Yes. Did you do it here? No. Why not? Do you wish we did? Just tell me the truth. Yes, we did it here. Where? There. On this? We had our first fuck on this. Did you think of me when... When did you do it here? Answer the question. This evening. Did you... Um, Why are you doing this? Because I want to know. First he went down on me, and then we fucked. Who was where? I was on top, hoy hoy, and then he fucked me from behind. And that's where you came the second time. Why is the sex so important? Because I am a fucking caveman. Did you touch yourself while he fucked you? Yes. Yeah. You work for him. Sometimes. And he does. We do everything that people who have sex do. You enjoy sucking him off. Yes. You like his cock. I love his cock. You like him coming in your face. Yes. What does it taste like? It tastes like you, but sweeter. That's the spirit? Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Now fuck off and die, you fucked up slag. That was understudy. Tweet us your answer at C A R N Y Couch.
Yeah, that was understudy. That's the thing where we uh, impersonate other actors who are not in that scene, <laughs> and then we do the scene in their voices. Uh, and then you guys try to guess what movie it's from or uh, what characters we all were doing. Brady picks the understudies, and I had no idea what I was going to be reading. <laughs> until I started reading. <laughs> but I'm proud of the voice I picked. Me too. Still a little fragile, Brady. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you were just saying how, like, raunchy it was. That's okay. That's okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Um... Um, things and such. What's this movie that we're doing? Shoot him up. Okay. Um, uh, but what's it? What's it? What's it all about? What's it all about, Brady? Um, it's about, I can answer this one. It's about... Tits and ass and violence. <laughs> I mean, I guess since I'm saying that it... It's not, since I don't really like it as a parody, and I don't think it's, like, parodying very well, insofar as it's kind of inseparable from the, uh, from its target, I think the one thing it's about is, like, it's got this confused, like, gun control position that I can't really parse. <laughs> like, by the end, it seems to be, like, pro-gun control, but then it's also got, like, these, like, you know, situations of, like, him lovingly, like, cleaning and changing the gun. Well, so well, maybe it's also about, like, responsible gun ownership. It, it well, has, like, a real libertarian flavor to it. We didn't touch on it in the plot synopsis, but uh, Paul Giamatti does some research and discovers his, like, backstory, which is that, like, he was trained because he was a crack shot when he was mm -hmm. a kid, and uh, then he had, a, like, a wife and kids, but, like, somebody, like, shot up the Burger King that they were at. Uh, with a gun that he sold them because he used to work at a gun store. Right. And so, like, he's he's kind of anti-gun despite the fact that he's very, very good with them. Uh, Clive is. Cli Clive Owen. Uh, Bugs. But Mr. Bugs. Bunny. Mr. Mr. Bunny. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, the the big line at the end that gets repeated twice is, like, what is it, like, a pussy with a gun? Like, I hate a pussy with a gun. Well, that, like, uh, Paul Giamatti's having the conversation with his, his uh, boss at some point. He's just like, you know what makes America great? It's that, uh, it's that uh, you know, a man can have a gun and he won't feel like a pussy. Or, but I want to yeah. know whether or not you're um, a pussy with a gun. And he said, I'm not a pussy with a gun. I'm a man holding a pussy or <laughs> yeah, something like that <laughs> I'm a gun <laughs> I'm a gun <laughs> um, yeah you know it's, it's, it's just got that kind of like it, going back to that like kind of wanted evoking like kind of attitude about it and it has that same thing he's got I swear to god he's got like of people don't use their turn signal enough, like, diatribe early in the yeah. film. It's got, like, very, like, 90s stand-up, angry stand-up comic energy well, to that's it. That's just, like, his over-the-top 
like having a consciousness. Also, people not doing their turn yeah. signals. I hate hypocrites. I hate this and that. But um, <laughs> he's got he's got hot takes. I I guess like so they do a, a a pretty strong job of painting the Clive Owen character, Mr. Bunny, Mr. Smith, whatever you want to call him, um, as very 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 good, like good to a fault, um, and painting the Paul Giamatti character, who I call Fud. Because I think he's supposed to be Elmer Fudd. He does almost um, abandon a baby, but he goes back for it. Right, because he knew that he wasn't the person to take care of this baby. Sure, sure, sure. You uh, gotta find I mean, a baby he, for this father. He's play. I don't know, because he's playing it like an anti-hero. Like, the way this character, like, reads and, like, kind of carries himself is very anti-hero. I well, I think with the backstory of, like... His wife and kid being killed by the the big shooter, like the idea is that he doesn't feel like that he's worth anything or that he deserves that kind of life. Yeah, by the time you get that backstory, I guess it's like he's fully sympathetic, or he's supposed to be. But then the Paul Giamatti character is like very, very bad. And at one point, he says this line, which is kind of like interesting and meta. And this is a little before everybody was saying meta, meta, meta about everything. Um, but at one point, he said, "Violence is one of the most." Uh, fun things to watch and so he's the evil character saying that and so I'm wondering if this is like a a judgment or indictment on the audience of this very movie um yes I think this movie in a way that I don't entirely like is sort of indicting how stupid its audience is for liking this kind of movie like that that seems to be what it's about insofar as, like, it wants to be a send-up. Um, yeah. I guess it's a little judgmental of itself, which is weird. Well, yeah, it's almost like this feeling of, like, I'm going to make this movie that you all want, and I'm going to talk all the way throughout the movie about how dumb all the tropes are and, like, how all, all this stuff is like this, and you're dumb for liking this sort of melodramatic, over-the-top trite. Which is why I'm just like, I don't like it because like that seems um, a little condescending, and that's again where I'm like, if you were gonna do this, then like, some element needed, even one element needed to be better. Like, there's no righteousness in it. It's just yeah. mean spirited all around. It it's just like... need, and if it was funny, but the action <laughs> wasn't like all that, then it would have something. If the action was really good. Um, and then it was like, well, we're making fun of this, but like, this is pretty cool action, right? Either of those would have gone a long way. I'm kind of stuck in a no man's land because it like, like if you're going to come for a genre, at least be like a top flight version of the genre you're coming for. Yeah, I guess I, I would give some sympathy to Michael Davis on that note because you know, um, looking at his career and, and this and that, it's like, oh, okay, it seems like he's written for a lot of things and, you know, he did the 100 Girls thing and so, and, yeah. you know, he's just a working person in the film business and he's never made it big or done anything great and sure. he probably just didn't have the budget to make the most awesome action movie and then have that message in it, so he just went, well, I guess I'll just make a C plus. Yeah, it's, uh, and, that's, and that's where we end up is, um, yeah, like he... So I will give him, I will say, I'll give him props. 
hey, you made a movie. You wrote, oh, sure. you wrote and directed a movie, and you did that, and that's a hard thing to do. It's something I've wanted to do all my life, and I know how hard it is, and I've talked to people who've done it, and it's hard. Me too. I'm, um, I'm very sympathetic to that. So I'll give them a little leeway on that. It's just like, okay, well, yeah, you got it done. <laughs> yeah, no, you got it done. But the movie is the movie, and that, that's how I think it could have been better. Um, yeah, I, I wanted, I was expecting, let me say this, it's a different beast than I expected in that like... Well, you saw it when it came out. Nope. So, first oh, time. this was the first, I didn't realize that. First time. I know you saw it in theaters, because yes. I remember, and Tess has seen it too. You guys have told me I about I think I saw it carrot. with Tess and Pat that, way back that when. That makes sense. Um, yeah, like, I was expecting something much more goofy, which is kind of what I wish I had gotten. I think it might have seemed more goofy if you were really stoned. That could have helped. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was, I'm sure, the first time I saw it. But uh -huh. I don't really do that anymore, so I was kind of watching. Because, like, I, I it, think... It is a good kind of stoner movie, I would think, right? Maybe, even though... I don't know, if I'm a stoner, like, I want to laugh, it might be a little bit of blue balls if but if the over, stoned. But the over-the-topness of all this stuff would sure. make you laugh. Let's think about it this way. Um, I would think that this movie, if you were really stoned, you would have the reaction that Brad Pitt does in True Romance, uh -huh. when he's like lying on the couch stoned, and the gangsters walk in with a lot of guns, <laughs> and he's just like, whoa! <laughs> yeah, that's a good scene. So I think that's what, uh, that's what it was, if I recall, and I you know, don't recall everything from those days, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that's the kind of, you're just like, he punched the carrot through his head. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that would have elicited a titter from me. Yeah, he went, what's up? He's Bugs Bunny, <laughs> and that's Elmer Fudd, and I just, I just figured that out, man. Like, it's been an hour and ten minutes, but I get it now. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting commentary on gun control. Like, that guy is totally being... Con they're pulling the strings on him, and he doesn't really want to do it, but he's got to not die. Yeah. I... Man. So the I hope Clive Owen kills all those motherfuckers. <laughs> so I'll say, and I don't think this is a failing, because I think it would have been stupid to go all the way with this. Uh, I'll go back to my comment that He's not Elmer Fudd, <laughs> because having Elmer Fudd in this kind of movie, like, would make no sense. Because Elmer Fudd, he is the well, antagonist well, of those cartoons. Is he Daffy Duck? Is he uh, Yosemite Sam? Who is he then? He's more Yosemite Sam, because he's abrasive. That's fair. Because um, Elmer Fudd's a sweetheart. That's his thing, is like, he's kind of dumb and, like, sweet. And he's only the bad guy because he's a hunter and he's out to shoot bugs. You know, I was, I was, I was gonna, um, I was gonna play up the Yosemite Sam in this movie, <laughs> but to be honest, I just didn't prepare because I didn't want to grow my beard that long. <laughs> Paul Giamatti calling Clive Owen a pea shooting idiot would have been the funniest moment in this movie <laughs> if they'd gone for it. <laughs> Oh, my biscuits are burning! <laughs> oh, actually, that would have ruled if if Paul Giamatti had when he when he gets shot by the bullets that he holds up to the fire, he's just like, "Are you burning biscuits? Oh, yes. you're burning my biscuits!" If Paul Giamatti had burned the seat of his trousers and then shot up into the next story of a building, then we got a movie. You got a movie, baby. 
but you know, get it right in the sequel. You got to bring Giamatti back. Well, I guess I don't think we're going to have much to say after we do Metacritical, but um, we should talk about uh, the uh, the villain who's very, very bad. Like, obviously, hates women, right? He does. He seems to get a lot of delight in torturing that hooker with his hot gun. Where Clive Owen is more like the, what, like Sigma male, who like, uh, he doesn't hate women, he doesn't hate anybody, he just wants to be left alone. Yeah, he's definitely got that kind of like loner vibe to him, just stoic, stoic guy, he just wants to, he's, he's had some trauma, and you, you gotta break through his shell. Yeah, but he's also very like, I know where I'm going. I'm going here now, but, but, but you know, that's the sort of... Yep, classic, and then a, a damsel happens across his path, and he's like, oh, I wish I didn't have to save this person, but I'm, I'm good underneath all this hard rock, so I'm gonna... <laughs> but clearly, I do need to save oh, her. Bugger. Oh, bugger. But, but yeah, like, Paul Giamatti, like, uh, he's good... Perhaps, given how evil they make him out to be, I shouldn't just keep saying Paul Giamatti. I just say Paul Giamatti's character, or Fudd, as I like to call him, or Yosemite, as you'd like to call him, uh, or Yosemite, as I would have called it around the age. docudrama about Paul Giamatti's activities and the odds. But, like, you know, um, he has that line where he goes, like, uh, he's like, what's the difference between a gun and a woman? You can put a silencer on a gun. I see. Yeah. Wanted. That that's really wanted. Mean, come get your mean, film. <laughs> mean spirited. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, see, that's the thing. It's it is in that kind of misogynisty. Well, yeah, and I I kind of get what where you're coming from with stuff like that because it's like, well, it's the bad guy saying it, but it almost feels like the creator is like, this is something I'd really like to say, so I've justified a way to do it. Yeah, it doesn't matter that a bad guy's saying it. Some, like, douche in his college dorm is calling his friends in to come hear this wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I don't think we're going to get too in-depth on the film. Uh, If we figure out something else we want to talk about. I mean, I think we've done good. We, we can after the thing, but let's go do Metacritical. Okay, yeah. Let's do Metacritical and come back. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to pause and potty. Cause I gotta be... We're leaving this in. You can sit where you are. Don't you? Leave it in. Or whatever. A Metacritical Rob's never gonna win A Metacritical Brady's the victor again Woo-hoo. So it's time okay, to play oh, I'm gonna lose today I don't wanna lose Metacritical, yeah, it's time Yes, Metacritical, 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 the game where we look up the Metacritic scores of five movies, but not before guessing what the Metacritic score is for these movies. So... Never before. 
Well, Brady just looks at Metacritic for fun, so that's why he always <laughs> wins. Um, but I think I'm gonna turn the tide this time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna what do was, it. What was that rule I was doing before, where it's like I pick what it actually should be and then subtract 27 points? Yeah, yeah. That was it 27? Kind of adjusting for yourself. I mean, more I was thinking about what it's on uh, Rotten Tomatoes versus what it's on Metacritic. I think they're sure. about 27 points apart. All right, uh, I'll, st I'll start this time. I, I think we usually have you start, but, but I, start. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with Sideways. We'll follow the Paul Giamatti follow track. The Paul. Follow the Paul. Follow the Paul. <laughs> Very smart. Okay, so. My biscuits are burning. I picked the film, you guess first. Uh, Sideways, a very, very well-reviewed movie, I think. I'm going to go with like a 92. I mean, I think it would be 92 on Rotten Tomatoes, but I think it'll be lower <laughs> on Metacritic. But I'm not going to subtract 27. Maybe it was under 7. That's 85. This is pretty good. Yes. So I'm not going to make up a lot of points on you. Either way. Well, at least you didn't get it dead on. It's a 94. Okay. You said 85? Yes. So I lost nine, you lost two. Already Ooh. off to a bad start. Now Brady's going to say some movie I've never fucking heard of. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's go with... Fall Sandra... Is Sandra Owen sideways? She, she is. is. Yes. Yeah, her big debut. Um, Sandra O's in Sideways. Uh, so is Thomas Hayden. Church. Uh, oh, let's go Virginia Madsen, Candyman. Candyman. Like yeah. the original 1985 Candyman? Or? Uh, I think it's like a 92 movie or something like that. Yeah, the horror movie. Oh, okay. Right. Horror movie about... Um, Shit, this is, good. This is tough because I have to guess first. Um, this could be anywhere. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Okay, 71. Oh, that's a good guess. Yeah, I was going to go 78 and then I subtracted 7, so. Uh, then let me go with a 67. All right. Candyman from 92, you say? I think so. Early 90s. Candyman is 72. That puts me at 10 and you went like 6. You're still winning. Yeah, what did I guess? 67? I forget. I figured you'd know what you guessed. I think I did. <laughs> um, and it's a 72, so it's a 5. Yeah, now I'm at 7 and you're at 10. All right. Pretty close. Holding this close, holding this close. All right, well, shit. Uh, Halloween's coming up, and you said Candyman. Yep. And I'm not going to try to follow the actors from there, so I'll just go with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah, Wes Craven. Yes. Johnny Depp, right? You got a Craven for Craven. Johnny Depp's in that, right? Johnny Depp's in yeah. that. I think he's the one that gets sucked into his bed. And then, like, well, a no, geyser of blood. I mean, he goes over to the neighbor girl's house and they've got kind of like a romantic thing sort yeah. of going on but he dies right I, yeah and then she's the final girl with the glove coming up between her legs in the bathtub yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, I think um, that movie's probably pretty well regarded. I'll go with a 77. I liked my 71 guess, but from the last one, of course. Um, all right, I'll go 80. Okay. Since we're apart by three, and we're three on the Bebida. So, yeah, let's see how that rolls. Nice. Yeah, it's good strategy. The closer you keep it, the more you can, like, have... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 76. Ooh, boy. So now I'm out by seven, and you're out... I mean, I don't know what you're out by, but you're four. You're still Away close. from me. You're still very close. I'm five away from you. Yeah, I can do math when I remember what the numbers I'm doing the math on are. <laughs> All right, so movie number four. All right, I got a shot this time now. Brady's going to throw a curveball <laughs> right. and say something I've never freaking heard of. <laughs> Let's see. I forget who the other actors in that movie are other than Robert England, who plays Freddy, but I don't really know what else he's in. Uh, yeah, by the way, my brown fedora that I wear everywhere, people people keep, there's a, a group of people who go like, oh, it's Indiana Jones, and a group of people who go like, you, you in the scary-ass fucking Freddy Krueger hat. <laughs> and then I trim my nails when I get home. Um, but um, it's not, it's neither. <laughs> Zoot Suit Riot, man. man. Throw back a bottle. <laughs> Come on, man. Um... Maybe I'll go... Maybe we keep it horror. If I keep it horror... Yeah, keep it horror. Keep it horror. Uh, <laughs> um, keeping it in the horror genre, let me go with uh, The Thing. The Thing. John Carpenter? John Carpenter. Uh, which one is The Thing? Uh, the Thing is... Antarctica? Oh, right. Okay. Uh yeah, that's actually a pretty well-regarded movie as well because the effects were good. Oh, they're like the best. What year is this? 70? 82, I think. Oh, 82, okay. I wonder who did those effects. I don't think it was ILM. Um, no, and I don't think it was Rick Baker. It wasn't, right. It was... Oh, shoot. I don't know, actually. I don't know. I've got a couple issues of Cinefix lying around here. Maybe I'll find it in there. Um... John Carpenter. Good movie. Really good movie. Yeah, 89. That's a good guess. But again, we're talking about Metacritic here. But also, older ones on Metacritic you get a better shot at because, like, I don't know, critics just aren't as much... They weren't as big a dicks back then. I disagree with that. I mean, I mean, like critics who who really didn't like a movie were very harsh on it, but like the numbers, they were snobbier back then. I yeah, think. which is why I think the thing might not have as good of reviews as it deserves. I think I'll go with an eighty. What did I say? Eighty-nine. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. Let's see if maybe some of the modern stuff shorted up the thing. Here's the thing. What what's the thing about the thing? Oh, well, it's a John Carpenter movie. <laughs> Derp. No, the site cannot be reached. Why not? I got Wi-Fi. The system is down. The system is down. Got Wi-Fi. Everything's good. 
What? <laughs> the thing. Uh, 67. Or, no, sorry, 57. Yeah, that one really... Oh, fuck. Well, at least you went 80, so now now <laughs> I'm off by 14. <laughs> That's criminal. That is a perfect movie. Uh, you went 89. Yeah. Okay. 57, you said? 57 was the correct score, yes, for okay. the 1982 film, The Thing. Um, I'm going to see if this can split the difference here. And I'm not going to pick The Ring. I'm going to pick Ringu, the Japanese film that it's based off of. Okay. Um, which I still need to see. I like The Ring a lot. Yeah. That movie... As much as it's a scary horror movie, I find its um, color aesthetic very soothing. See, and I think that it would be highly rated so we'd have a hard way of getting a disparity of 14 points, which is what I need to make up. But sure. Ringu could be bad uh, as far as people are concerned, um, and it could be good. Be good. Yeah, Who it's, knows? It's horror. Um, that can really be all over the map. So I guess first? Yeah, make your, make your horror guess. Oh, <laughs> 74? 74. Okay, so I'll do 88. Okay. Let's see what happens here. Ringu. Uh, 78. Not, not people, I just want movies. <laughs> Ringu star. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm spelling it wrong. R-I-N-G-U. All one word? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not in here. So I guess I gotta pick a different one. Okay. Let me let me just look it up on IMDB and see if it links somewhere. We're not having dead air, we're talking about stuff, right, Brady? Uh yeah, I mean I'm I'm watching the fascinating process of you going to IMDB on your laptop. Um, and I wish I could narrate that for the listener, but you really have to be here. They yeah, but why are you so into horror movies? Because it's spooky week. <laughs> spook. Okay, um, I'll let you. I'll let you pick the replacement then. I oh, get, I it's, like got seven, it's got a seven. It's got a seven point two on IMDb rating. But okay. Usually that didn't that used to be the Metacritic rating? They they usually have Metacritic. Ratings in there um, They'll show like Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic ratings on IMDb Okay, well, let's do this then. Let's go with uh, Edward Scissorhands. Okay Because that could have a disparity too. It could uh, I'll go 78 yeah, I can't go 92 and <laughs> I can't go uh, So I could try to get it right on being nine points because if That's it's true. dead on, I get a five point deduction. So yeah. let's go with 80. You said 78. 87. Okay. That could be, that could be it. Edward. Scissor I don't think it's heads. that well reviewed, though. Like it's ah, it's 74. Okay. 
Well, there was no way I could have won, right? Because if I had guessed 74, it would have been 4 plus that, 9, and then you still would have won by 5 points. Okay, there's your score. Here's mine. Yeah, actually, that kind of killed me going up. Yeah, you, so I got a 35, you got a 59. Respectable score for me again, but I still got hurt Yeah, it was really it. just that one, the thing. Well, well you're, you're going to get your punishment, you know, because of that. <laughs> a Metacritical! I won again! Fuck you. Punishment! <laughs> Ah, well, you got anything else to say about this year movie, Brady? Oh, uh, I don't know. What, what do you think of Clive Owen? I like Clive Owen. I like Clive Owen too. And this, like, I guess when was can, Children of Men? Was that 2011? That was um, no, it was 2006. Okay, yeah. So it's right around here. He was in a bunch of stuff. Oh, no, yeah, 2006. He was in a bunch of stuff all at, at like one time. Yeah. I haven't seen him for a while. I, I I really liked him in the in the Nick, which I think that was probably 2015 or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure when the last time I saw Owen was, um, but yeah, this Owen was, Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Clive. <laughs> Clive Owen Wilson. <laughs> I'm Clive Owen. Amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was uh, starting with Closer, where he got his Oscar nomination, his only Oscar nomination to date, I believe. Uh, and that was 2004 or three. 2003. 2003. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, it was, it was 2004. And do you remember kind of where, um, where Clive Owen first kind of got heat, the heat that like put him... In Hollywood, do you remember what his first kind of thing was? Uh, trivia. In the early stuff, I keep I get him confused with Jude Law. I'll um, give you a hint. And because it it's right around in when theaters. Oh, was it like was he on Broadway then doing friggin' uh, a musical, which was? Uh, if he was, I don't know about it. Barber. It wasn't a stage <laughs> either. So BBC something? And here's here's the real doozy. It wasn't television. Oh, it's like a BBC film? Yeah, it was they were films in quotes, uh, but that were not released to theaters. Uh what it really was was BMW, the <laughs> car, uh commissioned a series of films where Clive Owen is basically playing a guy just called The Driver. What, in 2004 or something like that? Like, uh, were they doing that back then? I know they did some of that, early like... Early aughts, I think. Okay, 2004. But it was, like, actual, <laughs> like, big directors would make these little short films huh. for BMW. Like, Ang Lee did one. Yeah, I remember those. I just didn't know they did them that early. Uh, I thought it yeah. was, like, in 20. 12 that they were doing stuff like that no that, it was like right when we got to college and that was like kind of the drum starting to beat to have this guy in hollywood films no oh. well props to him he, he found he, he get in where he fit in yeah no, no he's he is a good actor when he wants to be i'm, I'm, I'm good at being a smith i'm good at being a driver <laughs> i'm not good at being 
Well, I'm good at being a heroin addicted doctor. <laughs> yeah, he's good at being a. What am I doing there? <laughs> big lug who's smarter than he lets on. So I'm doing Peter Capaldi or something like. <laughs> good at being a doctor. <laughs> well, uh, let's pick next week's movie. Uh, yes, let's. Um, why don't you put up something for the, the dibbity do? Uh, okay. Let me start with. This will be nice because it's short, and I really love it. Uh, a movie from this year called Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. What? Uh, do you remember that it was like a series of um, like web videos? It was I don't know what you call those. You know. I remember Marcel with shoes on. Yeah, the shell. You remember that uh, Marcel is a shell. Uh, no, I don't know anything about it. I just know that it exists. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you heard the title. It was like, oh, there's this guy, Marcel, and he wears shoes. Exactly. Um, well, he's also a shell. And um, it's one of my favorite films of the year. I think this year is off to a pretty good start. Uh, it is one of three A films of this year for me. Four if I count uh, The Rehearsal, which is a television show, but I'm going to count that for next year's lists as a film because it's pretty short. It's only six episodes. But yeah, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On is a, a lovely little film. Okay. Do you remember? I, I'm trying to think of what it was. Uh, it was something I suggested a couple episodes again. It was like a musical from the 50s, like a Technicolor musical. Uh, about, I forget what that was It's like was about a murder um, mystery. It's like the band something. Ah, shit. Well, my brain's blanking on what I would like to suggest, but it's that one. Okay, that one. We'll stick a pin in it. It's, it's that one. <laughs> yes. If it ends up being picked, we'll look it up. Okay, you pick another one then. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with... Let's see. What's a good one I just recently saw? That would be nice. I think I'm gonna go. Keep the chatter going. Keeping the chatter going. Oh, you know what? Here's a great movie that's like a trip, and I really want more people to watch this filmmaker with me. I'm gonna go with The Double Life of Veronique which I just ordered a Criterion Blu-ray for myself of. Krzysztof Kieslowski, uh, a Polish filmmaker who died much, much too young, but uh, made the incredible uh, best TV thing ever made, I think, The Decalogue, which is like 10, 15-minute right, okay. films. I know the director that you're talking about. And he did the Three Colors trilogy. Yes, I saw, I saw a little bit. Wait, the Three Colors? Yeah, Red, White, and Blue. Oh, okay, uh, as opposed to... I'm curious, blue. I'm curious. <laughs> uh, what is that? Uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's kind of listed as a porn, but it's a. Oh, okay. Uh, it's like 70s. Uh, uh, I mean, it's not porn, but it's like, you know, sexy uh, by curious films about people and mm-hmm. just all the sex is on the screen. Okay. So. Well, that's where it should be. D- different than, than the three colors that you're talking about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Um, 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 okay, uh, Wait Until Dark. Oh, that's one I've been meaning to see. Yeah. 
Audrey Hepburn? Yes. Yeah, Tess likes that one a lot. I think. I'm just going to say old ones, and you're going to keep saying, uh, something else from this year. Oh, you want me to throw out one more? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, and that one more will be the movie that is called... Um, See, I'm just trying to see if somebody suggested something on our Twitter. That's why I've been so quiet while you've been trying to pick this. But what's the one you're picking? You know what? I'll go with Bo Burnham Inside. I already reviewed it for, you know, the site. But it's always a, a fun one to watch. Bo Burnham Inside, you say? Yeah. Okay. And then I will pick that other film noir that I was suggesting a while ago called You'll Never Believe Me. What was the one you just suggested before? Uh, Wait Until Dark. Right, okay. All right, so you want to put one up? Um, yes. Any of the six? Any of the six. I'll, I'll put up your uh, Three Colors guy one. What's it called? The Double Life of Veronique. The Dero Double Life of Veronique. I'll put that up. Okay, and I will put up Wait Until Dark. Okay. So, so you get a bonus either way here. Yeah. All right. It's that versus that. Okay. So I'm going to uh, one, two, three, shoot here. One, two, three, three shoot. Five. Oh, wait. Sorry. I, I didn't say I we want even to odds. Yeah. And, uh, okay. So what do you want? Well, I just won. Um, <laughs> I, no, no, wait. We okay. Your... Do you want even to odds? I want odds. <laughs> okay. The odds are on me. Okay. No, they're not. One, one two, two, three, three shoot. shoot. Odd. Odd. You threw two, I threw one. So we're seeing Wait Until Dark. Wait Until Dark, okay. Scratch a <laughs> classic off the list. I keep winning the suggestions by you picking my <laughs> suggestion and you winning. <laughs> Which is weird because for a while I was not winning these shoot-offs like, at all. Right, but they were always your, your movie yeah, was what exactly. I had put up. So. Yes. I'm just saying I'm, I'm getting better at this game. Well, the way we do this is convoluted for funsies, but it's really kind of boiled down into a very real thing. Uh, for real. Indeed. Anything else to add? You want to plug uh, all the reviews you've been cranking out on the website, anything like that? Yeah, read, uh, read my reviews. It was a really great year 2021 was, um, and we're off to a, a really good start with this year. And... Uh, yeah, my lazy butt is going to get them all done this year. What was uh, the last one you posted? Uh, it, I'm supposed to post today or tomorrow uh, the souvenir part okay, two. Okay, so the last one you posted was blah, and look Licorice forward pizza. to... Look forward to the souvenir part two coming up. Uh, that's, that'll be the number four film of the year. And hopefully in a month, uh, all the reviews will be up for 2021. Excellent, excellent. Well... I don't think we mentioned anybody. We didn't. Not on mic. Other than your friend Clive Owen. Ah, yes. Clive. You're Clive. a footballer. <laughs> and Jason Statham. And Jason Statham. Do you know me? He's coming over later. That's not the theme song. Carnivorous <laughs> <laughs> couch. It happens once a week. It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep. It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak. Carnivorous couch with Brady and Rob. Can we have this kind of movie with like 
50% less limp biscuity energy. <laughs> <laughs>